You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Duke, Brian Baldinger, and Jason Lacanfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, my man, Jason Lacanfora. I'm Carl Dukes. Put him up. And we are here to talk about the divisional round, which was great. And now we know who's in the AFC and NFC championship games. And Jason, we got a lot to chop up here because as we dissect these games that took place over the weekend, um, I want to start with what we saw in Buffalo and the Chiefs. And we spent a lot of time last week, you, me, and Baldy, about what the Bills needed to do. And look, at the end of the day, right, Patrick Mahomes is special. And, you know, Josh Allen, and this is my comparison, Jason, I want to get your thoughts on this because as we get into this game and what played out and missed field goals and fake punts that didn't work, Josh Allen cannot beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs when it matters. And for me, I said the other day after this went down, Jason, I said, this is Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewing, (laughs) you know, hey, there's Jordan in your way, and Patrick Ewing, he's got good teams, but he just can't find a way to get past Michael Jordan. And right now, that's where Josh Allen is in this battle. They're both great, but Mahomes is superior because he continues to win these games that get them to AFC championships. Well, I, I, I just think, look, you can go back now 20-plus years in the AFC, and there's – there's two things that you really, and I think they're both going to be two of the more historically significant um, errors in, in the NFL, in the history of the NFL, 100 years. It just so happens that they're they're stacked back-to-back. And you've got one quarterback who raised the level of what we believe to be possible in the postseason in a way that was unfathomable before, and that's Tom Brady. And and then right as Tom Brady was starting to fade in New England and he was about to go to the NFC, this other thing started. And this other thing is even more athletic and even more arm strength. And I don't know how long Andy Reid's going to coach, you know what I mean? But, like, whoever the next coach is there, he's going to win a lot of games with Patrick Mahomes too. And and you – I think we're going to be talking 15 years from now saying – Damn, like once every four years, somebody had a shot to knock those guys off, to keep them from making a championship game or keep them from going to a Super Bowl. But they got the field three of every four around them. And that's what this is. I think that's what this is becoming. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is 13 and three in the playoffs. That's the best of the best. He's played a season against the playoffs, right? 13 and three. Over 5,000 combined yards, 
over like 50 combined touchdowns. Yep. Yep. Like a lot of people aren't going to beat that very often. Like that's just going to be the reality for it's 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 probably going to be the reality a little bit for Lamar Jackson, you know? It's good. and like Roethlisberger got in here boom boom a couple times. You know, Flacco got in there once, you know. Peyton got even Peyton. Peyton, Peyton maybe. Right? He 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 broke through what? Twice? Yeah. Then he had to go to Denver, yeah. right? Then he right. like okay, but like in Indianapolis, was Peyton Manning going to the Super Bowl every year in Indianapolis? Was that a thing? I seem to remember it happened very infrequently. You tell me if I'm wrong, Carl Dukes. No. Was Peyton Manning going to the championship game every year? No. 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 Was he in the Super Bowl? They won. They was won he in the Super Bowl 10 times games. like Tom Brady? Come on. No, they won 12 or 13 games every year he was there, but no, he was not. You're right. So, like. I mean, I think we're framing it all around Josh Allen right now because this just happened. And I'm not, like, letting Josh Allen off the hook. But, like, I'm just telling you, you're – you're. it's it's not going to – like, I just don't think you're going to be able to push him down the hill very often. Like, <laughs> he's now played three straight playoff games without a, a sack or a, t- or a tournament. You want to know how many times that's happened in the history of playoff football in this league? I'll tell you, never! So, like, we can talk about regular season. We can talk about them maybe not being ready to play a game around Christmas at home against the Raiders, right? And the Raiders maybe wanting that one a little more. We can talk about inefficiencies. We can talk about the only average 23 points a game this year and not 30. All that's true. I don't think it means an MF and thing if these guys are playing football in January, because now you still got to beat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And there's a mystique with that. There's just so much that he's so young and he already has so many playoff calluses and he has such playoff institutional knowledge. And these two have been through so many wars together. I don't care what Kelsey looked like Thanksgiving. I know he's got 16 touchdowns in 16 games with this guy in the playoffs when it really matters. Like, well, and, 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 and the other thing, too, Jason, about the Kelsey thing is it's not as if these other teams, it's not as if, okay, the Bills went into that game and went, we got to account for Kelsey. Everybody knows you've got to defend him. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They still find a way. They still have this connection. And, and to your point, this is why this comparison for me is, is, is Jordan. The Brady thing is great. But when Mike got to the playoffs, it was different. It yeah. was always different. And for Patrick Mahomes, and not that the Bulls had crappy seasons year in and year out. They were still one of the best teams. But the fact was, you knew their game got elevated. And that's what I see with Patrick Mahomes. It's like, okay, dude, we won 10 games. Who cares? I'm about to go to the next level, right? That's how he is. And I, I just think it's like anybody in the Eastern Conference. Like, it's it's not just Patrick Ewing. How, how, many, how many did Shaq win before he went out west? You know what I mean? When he was in the yep. same conference with Jordan. Like, you know what I mean? We, we can just... We 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 could Dominique Wilkins, hell of a player. Like how, how, you know what I mean? Like we we come oh, with yeah. a list of Hall of Famers from, from that yep. era who played the bulk of their career in the same conference as Jordan. How many times were they going to the NBA Finals when Jordan wasn't between retirements? I I just don't think that many people are going to get the best of them that many times. So like, who will the Roethlisberger be? Who will the right? Who will the Flacco be? Who will who will the Peyton Manning be? One of these guys will meet him the most, you know. And for now, it's been Allen, but you know, Lamar Jackson's twenty seven. You know, like yeah. he's gonna have. He just turned twenty seven. He's gonna have something to say about this over time as well. You know, maybe they figure it out with the Chargers and get a real coach there and get a real you know some stuff going on there. And maybe Herbert becomes something in his division. But right now, Mahomes is on, especially this time of year, when we get to this time of year, he is on a different planet than everybody else, quarterback-wise. Yeah. He and, just and Jason, here's the here's the other part about this, too. We're talking about Chiefs defeating the Bills 27-24. You know, again, we can talk about the mistakes, the missed field goals. We're focusing in right now just on the greatness of Patrick Mahomes because that's what this was about. But the other thing about this this uh, 
was last year. And remember, we had this conversation on, on the podcast. Guys, follow us. It's in the huddle, uh, in the huddle pod on YouTube. Uh, like us, tell your friends, and certainly subscribe and don't miss an episode. Jason, we talked about the Chiefs had all these young guys last year and they went to a Super Bowl, right? Like that draft that they had. And we were talking about Pacheco and Sky Moore and all these young guys. And they had like two young corners. And we were like, well, yeah, if they get to the Super Bowl, right? It's supposed to be a rebuild. It really was. You lost yeah. the Vita and they went and won it. And they won it because of this dude. And now you're a game away from being back in the damn Super Bowl. And all those young guys are matured a little bit more. And, and my point is, the greatness of Brady was, didn't matter what the pieces were. You were still going to get there. And you see that with Mahomes. It doesn't matter what the pieces are. He's going to find a way. And that, to me, that's the greatness of this. It's no excuses about, oh, his wide receivers are hurt, guys are dropping balls, all this other bullshit we talk about. He finds a way. To me, that was the greatness of Brady was changing receiving cores, new guys on defense. Yep. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. No, it, he – He. it's just a different – it's just – again, we're only, you know, six, seven years into this. But, like, if you extrapolate this out, I don't, I, I don't think he'll, he'll maybe win as many rings as Tom Brady, but, like, he might play in as many championship games. Like he, he, like, you know, he's at six right now. It's nuts in a row. Like I'm trying to think of who's beating him. Tom Brady's beating him twice and Burrow's beating him. Right. Those are the right. playoff losses. That's right. Those are the three playoff losses. So, right. And two of those teams won the Super Bowl, and the other one should have, you know, the, the, the Bengals had a little bit of a letdown late in that game. And, and the Rams got it done. You know, I'd also note one of those was essentially a road Super Bowl. Like, it won't be noted as such. Like, his first official road playoff game was this weekend. But they played Tampa in Tampa, didn't they? They did. That was really a home game. That's right. Yeah. It you was, know, uh, it was the and, first time the Super Bowl had been played like, in the stadium. Yeah. It's you're just you're not. I just don't think until proven otherwise. I'm going to just sit here and say you're not going to get that many chances to push these guys. Now, you somebody who's less familiar with them might beat them in the Super Bowl, you know, whatever. But just in terms of the, the AFC field versus the Chiefs, they're pretty much showing you we're going to be one of the final two standing most years, and once we are. Our quarterback's going to have more playoff experience than yours. Let me ask That's you just a fact. Let me ask you this, Jason. Before we before we move on, we are reviewing the games and talking about what happened in the divisional round on Thursday, guys. We will look ahead to the AFC and NFC championship games. We will break them down for you heading into Sunday's matchups. Two games, we go to the Super Bowl. What do the Bills need to change? Do the Bills need to change anything, or was was this simply, hey, Josh Allen played great? But sometimes, you know, it's just you, you don't make the plays. Is it that simple or do they need to change? No. Because everybody's still talking about Sean McDermott and this is the reason why. I don't know if I feel that way after this game. I, I don't either. Um, you know, it's not like that was a 60-yard kick. And we look, in every game you're going to be able to quibble about who could have done this differently and whether they should have managed this situation differently. I mean, could they got a little closer? Could they just lined up and empty and let Josh Allen run it a couple times and take a little? Did they take too many shots deep and did and not focus enough on bleeding a little more of the clock and getting that kick a little bit more elementary? I wouldn't disagree with that. Like, you know, I, I mean. Stephon Diggs, I don't. I mean, he he dropped two balls. They're like, and now we can say, well, if he caught that one, would he have scored too early? And would Mahomes have come back and just marched down the field and won yeah. it anyway? I mean, but maybe. You gotta I, catch that though. You can't be big time. You, like you got to catch that. You got to catch it. I mean, that is a ridiculous throw, and for that to be put in a spot where you can get two hands on it and nobody else, yeah, you know, that's one you need to come come back come down with. I mean, what needs to change? They, they definitely need a second vertical element. 
Um, without when they didn't have Gabe Davis, you know, Shakira could kind of run underneath and do some things, but like they didn't have a second outside guy whose speed you had to worry about. You know, Spagnolo in the second half just decided I'm gonna take away the run. I'm not gonna give this you know, I'm not gonna let this quarterback plunder me on the ground. Um, we're we're gonna sell out a little more to stop the run, and I don't think they could beat us pushing the ball downfield that much. And they they really didn't push the ball downfield at all, not with any um effectiveness i mean this was what like a 4.8 yard per attempt game uh they needed somebody else to stretch the field there's there's no doubt about that um but like you know defensively they needed to be healthier right they I were, mean, what, what did they need i mean they needed you know they needed their linebackers they needed their full secondary like that they came into that game very limited from a personal standpoint, and then they lost, the, you know, they started, body started dropping again. Like, they needed the Von Miller signing to work out. Turns out there wasn't even really a signature Von Miller moment, let alone signature Von Miller games in the postseason, right? Like, so I think you look at the edge, and they, they need another edge rusher. They need another speed receiver. And, and you know, whether Diggs remains in that equation, I know the contract would be kind of prohibitive not to have him back. I'm not sure, you know, where that is. Uh, but I think, you know, I think edge rusher, I think wide receiver. I do too. They, uh, they've got to retool, but this whole fire Sean McDermott thing, I'm, I'm not on that. We're coming back. We've got more to discuss, including probably the best story left in these playoffs. I don't know if it ends on Sunday but we got to talk about the Detroit Lions, and we will when we come back here on In the Huddle. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carl Dukes, Jason on Fora. The Lions were at home against the Buccaneers. I was waiting for Baker Mayfield to wet the bed. The first interception, tip ball, but the second interception, right, at the end of the game that really sealed it for the Lions, that was just a bad throw, bad read by Baker. The week before, Jason, he threw three touchdowns and didn't make any mistakes against the Eagles. Then he makes two mistakes that end up costing him because that first one turns into a field goal and the Bucs lose 31-23. But the story is really about the Lions, right? I mean, it's about Dan Campbell, how they built this thing, where they are three years in after being, what, a three-win team and then almost getting there and now on the cusp of getting to the Super Bowl. So for me, this is... What other teams who are in this building mode and looking for coaches in this coaching cycle and all the things we talk about in the offseason, Jason, this is who they should be looking at because it can be done. It doesn't take five years in the NFL anymore to turn these things around. No, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't have to. And and this, uh, look, I, I was, I had some major, there were some red flags for me when they made this hire. And I just wondered, me too. You know, and the look, the initial staff that Dan Campbell put together was a lot of former players, a lot of sort of inexperienced guys. Like, 
we can't pretend that the first 10, 12 games of this thing didn't look like a total mess. But but the, it makes what they accomplished to me even more significant because he was willing to make so many changes, right? Keep an open mind, yep. rethink some things, right? Um, it's clear that things had to be different year two. Like this was starting to trend towards a two and done kind of situation if they couldn't. Remember how many games they'd lose late fourth quarter. It looked like nobody really knew, you know, where to be, what to do. And they've changed their spots and he, he brought, he, he changed the staff. They improved in that regard. Um, Brad Holmes, the GM has done a tremendous job. We've talked a lot about their personnel and what a tremendous job they've done. Um, and Dan Campbell got everybody to believe in a singular vision and brought all that together. And I, I'm, it, it's incredibly impressive. It doesn't happen that often, but it certainly tells you that it is possible. And if it's possible in Detroit, it should be possible anywhere. Um, True. Because that family butchered that franchise for generations, uh, plural. So... This is this is uncharted territory, right? I mean, um, I think they've lost eleven straight road playoff games. You know, this is their first championship game since what fifty-seven. Right. I mean, this is this is very different for the Lions. But the way this Lions team's built, and the way Dan Campbell coaches them, I, I think all that stuff, if anything, isn't going to hang over their head. It'll just be more motivation. Like I don't think they're going to like play scared or you know, not be up for this because of the weight of, you know, 50 years of football futility or 60 years, whatever it is. I I, I just think that's going to bring out the best in them. Um, I like, I like a lot of what they're doing right now. I understand the quarterback splits home and road and, you know, indoor, outdoor, but he played at Cal. He played in that division. He yeah. played in that stadium a bunch. Like he'll be fine. Um, they got a little healthier on the back end. And I know Baker got his yards and, and this or that. And that, that was going to happen. I thought that was going to be an over game. But, like, you know, getting Gardner Johnson settled in there. Now they've got, you know, him and Branch. So they've, they've got, you know, at least a couple pieces back there that you might be able to sick on a tight end or sick on a slot guy and slow down some of the, the bleeding and the hemorrhaging that was going on in the middle of the field. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is playing like an absolute man possessed right now. Like, I mean, for me, Aiden Hutchinson is, he's hes the best outside pass rusher who remains in these playoffs in current form. I mean, he's got eight sacks in his last four games. Like, you look at him down the stretch and into now, like, he's a thing. And I, I know we all wish they went and got somebody on the other side at the deadline. Um, or even, you know, tried a Justin Houston or some of these guys who have been picked up along the way off the street. But, like, he's a one-man wrecking crew right now. And there's going to be tip balls. You know, we'll get into the 49ers in a minute. I was less than impressed by a lot of what I saw there. And, like, I love the way the Lions are running the ball. And I think that this pendulum is finally going to switch more to Jameer Gibbs now. Yeah. Like, I, I just think this might be the week where Jameer Gibbs gets 12, 13, 14, 15 carries, and Montgomery gets his eight or nine. Like, I think that paradigm's flipping, but they've got some stuff going on right now, Carl, that I think is going to allow them to soften up and deliver some body blows to that San Francisco defense. And if Ben Johnson plays this right, they can stay in this game. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that they can stay in this game. And, and the way they run the ball, it's so weird in this league. Like, a lot of times – you look at teams and what they do really well offensively. The deep, they have a defense that can't like that can't stop the mirror image on it, and they see it in practice all the time, and they see it all summer long in camp. And you'd be like, you'd be like, man, you'd think, you know what I mean, that they could stop that, but like they can't. And the San Francisco 49ers are the poster boy for outside zone runs. They can't stop them. They can't stop them on the other side. Like they just can't. They left five yards per carry. They're 30th in EPA against outside zone runs. They're 29th 
in success rate against outside zone runs. Like, you'd think, okay, they like to get under center sometimes with the fullback, right, and get nasty on offense. San Francisco's defense can't stop under center runs. 4.5 a carry, right, like third worst in the, in the NFL. Like, and those are things that Dan Campbell loves. Right. Dan Campbell ran the ball 52% of the time this season up the middle, third most in the NFL. Like, people told me Armstead's coming back. He's going to fix it. No, he didn't fix it. Um, You know, you look at the Lions running outside zone, 10 touchdowns, second in the NFL. They're fourth with 200 outside zone rushes, 5.2 per rush, third in the NFL. 1.8 yards before contact running outside zone, third in the NFL. You saw... Aaron Jones, he could run off right tackle outside zone. He could run off left tackle outside zone. It was there all day long. It's a really good offensive line. Like, Packard ran for over 100 on these guys. You're right. They, I'm telling you, if Ben Johnson doesn't get caught up in being cute and showing off his quarterback and worrying about what job he gets, there is a way to bludgeon these guys on the ground. And you can take the starch out of Bosa. You can take the starch out of Young. You can have them panting, and you can have a majority of their reps trying to, you know, hope that, you know, a tackle isn't pushing them around. Um, I, you know, styles make fights, and I just think Lions under center runs, Lions runs up the middle with power, Lions outside zone. That stuff's going to be a problem. Um, You know, they're a physical team, and – we can quibble about, you know, Tampa and, and who they played or or this and that. Um, but all the pressure is on San Francisco here. Yeah. All the sure. pressure will be on San Francisco. Um, and I do think the luck, the Lions defense gives me Paul's back end. But I feel like incrementally these two games, they, they, they've gotten a little better. They're going to have to play their best game moving forward. You know, like one, somebody will go off. It might be Kittle. Right? Like, Puka Nakua went off. Mike Evans went off. You know, you can look at some of their games down the stretch, right? C.D. Lamb went off. Like, but they still won those two of those games and should have won all three because they got jobbed against Dallas. So, like, I think it'll be Kittle. Like, Kittle might catch eight balls for 150. As long as he doesn't score more than one touchdown, you know? Like, and I'll tell you this. Running on the Lions ain't easy. Even for Christian McCaffrey, it ain't it ain't going to be easy. These guys are stout against the run. I uh, I love it, and it's exactly the way I feel because what happens if you do this right is you limit possessions for Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. We don't know the situation of Debo Samuel. We think he's going to play, but it's way early. We'll talk more about it later in the week. You also run the ball, and you own time of possession. And on the road, these are all key things. So I'm with you. I mean, like, to me, this is simple math. And it also sets up, if you're running it effectively with Jameer Gibbs, it also sets up the underneath play action, which will be wide open because now they've got to commit. They've got to commit. And all of a sudden, even though I think they have the best linebacking core in in the NFL right now, those guys, they got to come up, Jason. And all of a sudden – Laporta's catching balls, and you're getting 10, 15 yards a pop. Now it opens up everything else. If Ben Johnson, and you said this, and I got to say this because the Atlanta Falcons have requested him for a second interview. There's a bunch of teams that have requested him. He probably will have a pick of a job. But if he's caught up in that, and we've seen it time and time again with coordinators who understand, all right, this may be my only shot, and you start freaking out, and you're not focused on the task at hand, you screw your team. And I hope Ben Johnson doesn't screw the Lions this week by worrying about the job that he doesn't have yet and focusing on the job that he does have and getting this team to the Super Bowl. I think the 49ers are vulnerable. And we'll talk about their game with the Packers here in just a minute. It's in the huddle, guys. Lions beat the Bucs. This is not a fluke. Jason, is. this is a really good team. And if you've not watched them all year and you think this is a feel-good story, it is. But this is a very good team with a lot of talent on the field, and they're playing with a hell of a lot of confidence. So I think this is going to be a great game as we look to Sunday. All right, we've got two more games to talk about. We also need to talk about a few of the coaching things, and we'll do it. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back. 
and talk about what went wrong for the 49ers. Because if they look as as bad as they did, Jason, last week, they will get beat. We're coming back in just a moment. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. All right, Jason, let's talk about Jordan Love on the road. We gave him a shot. We felt good about it. But the way this played out, I mean, it's almost like if you're a Packer fan, you feel like this is a blown opportunity. The 49ers were terrible in the first half. They didn't do anything that was impressive. You're in the game. It's almost like you feel like the Packers should have found a way to get this done. And instead, Jordan Love throws that aired interception at the end. I don't know who the hell he was throwing it to. And the 49ers win 24-21. But, Jason, were you impressed with what you saw? Not in the least. The better team lost. Um, that's just that's just the reality. And the, the Packers are the youngest team in the league, and maybe a little bit of that showed late. But, like, this game was decided by a bullshit spot. And, again, like, <laughs> it's the year 2024, True. right? We've got things that you and I never thought we'd see, like shit that looked like it was from the Jetsons. Like, if you grew up watching, like, the <laughs> Internet and email, right? And, like. You know, what we walk around, we walk around with computers in our pockets that didn't exist in any form 50 years ago, right? We've come, technology has come so far. We had a plague pop up on us, and within nine months, we had a we had a vaccine for it. We spot balls the way we did with Newt Rockney. How is that possible? It's true. How? How? What is that? You can't tell me there's not a better way. You can't tell me. But they got absolutely hosed there. Um, that's three points off the board. They they missed a makeable kick. That's on them. The kicker was shaky all year. Uh, Darnell Savage drops an easy pick six. There's another dropped interception. And on the road, you know, uh, against the number one seed, you, you might be able to beat them. If you dominate like they did and only two or three of those things happen, you, you, probably, you might still be able to win. If, if if five or six of them happen, right? Two drops, two dropped interceptions. One's a pick six. The missed field goal to put more pressure on them. Um, you know the love bad pass at the end. The spot. Couple of red zone situations where you come up a little short. You know that's probably going to be enough for those guys. To win, I was much more impressed with what the Packers did than what the 49ers did. Um, the future is incredibly bright for for Green Bay, and some of the like there are like this the Brock Purdy thing, and I'm not knocking him. Like he's a top ten quarterback, he's a top eight quarterback. Fine, he's got everything going for him there. Creature comfort. There are things that Jordan Love did in that game to create explosive plays with his vision, with his athleticism, with with his unique talent that Brock Purdy wouldn't even think to throw the ball. He would never get the ball off some of those sideline throws. And it's like, I'm I'm not saying, it's not that I'm saying he's bad. He's limited physically. There, There is not this boundless potential that we can tap into as this young man continues to grow into his skill set. Like, you know, the floor for Brock Purdy is really high, right? Like, but the ceiling ain't as high as it is for 
Lamar, like we could just go down a list. Josh Allen, like he's not them because he's not them athletically, and he never will be. Like Jordan Love, special combination of traits that are that are coming together. He's more talented, um, no doubt. More talented. And they ran the ball better than San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco finally in the second half got a couple of explosive runs. Green Bay ran the ball with better efficiency. Um, they should have won the game. The Lions should be hosting the championship game. And they're not. And 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 you know what, Carl? Like, that might wake the 49ers up, right? There'd be some people who would say, well, they got yeah. away with one. Or they might be being exposed a little bit. Like, you know, sometimes when a bully gets punched in his face in his own backyard and tastes his own blood, he ain't the bully anymore. And I'm just telling you, we get a lot of people on my show in Baltimore, and we I talk to a lot of people I respect. And, like, I watched that thing happen on national television, and I said, I, I, wonder, I wonder if Brock Purdy knows what kryptonite tastes like now. Like, I just wonder, is he going to – is he now thinking, you know – Am I the princess? Like, am I Cinderella or am I scrubbing steps? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like yeah. who, like, have I been on this magic carpet ride, but like my ticket's about to expire a little bit. Like, I, I got, I got questions. I got reservations, Carl. Here, here's what I know. Brock Purdy sits that Ravens game. Uh, when he's blitzed. Got a quarterback rating of 73.4, 25th in the NFL. Jason, they broke him. They broke the Ravens broke his confidence. Since the Ravens game, when he's under pressure, he's got a 61.1 passer rating since then. This is the infallible kid. This is, you know, this was like, don't you say nothing bad about him. Like Kyle Shanahan's a genius. Okay. Um, why you know that that's what's going on. His last three games overall. Going back to that Ravens game, he's got a 79.4 rating. And, like, there were other balls that could have been picked off. Like, he had 26% of his throws in that game were graded as off-target in that divisional game. Like, I mean, is it the rain? I got news for you, buddy. You play you, you play football. It's like, I don't want to hear about the glove on, glove on, wax on, wax off. Like, when you're when you're about your hand in the middle of a throw with the season on the line. I don't know, man. Like that comes out that yeah, they really wanted Tom Brady last year. Like I, I just if I'm a 49ers fan right now, I'm like, is somebody pulling the rug out from under? Like again, is that is it about to turn into a pumpkin again? Is that cart turning into a pumpkin? And I'm not saying he's going to be a bad quarterback, but like he did not play a good game. And no. we can now have to go back a month to find him playing a good game. Since he got anointed as the Vegas favorite to win the MVP, yeah. it ain't looked like it did before. And I got news for you. The right side of his offensive line sucks. And if he don't have Debo in this game, and I don't think he's going to have Debo in this game. Could be a problem. With Debo, with Debo Samuel, 8.9 yards per attempt. Without him, 8.4. With Debo Samuel this year, 5.6 yards per rush. Without him, 3.6. With Debo Samuel this year, 7.1 yards per play. Elite. Without him, 5.6. So, and I'm telling you, if it's me, Aiden Hutchinson's lined up in the face of that. I don't care about Trent Williams. You go ahead, do what you want. I'm lining Aiden Hutchinson up on that right tackle, and I want him breathing down Brock Purdy's neck. Like, and here's the other thing, Carl. We've spent so much time on Brock Purdy. Nobody's talking about, hey, Nick Bosa, you you get paid for you get paid for December or January too, bro. Like Aiden Hutchinson has been a better player than Nick Bosa the last two and a half months. Period. Period. The last last four games, Nick Bosa's got a 12.8% pressure rate. That's journeyman, bro. Like yep. You want your starters to be 15 and above. Guys getting paid like him, 20 and above, bro. Four weeks now, 12.8% pressure rate, no sacks. Chase Young, 8.3% pressure rate, half a sack. Hargrave, 9% pressure rate, one sack. 
Kinlaw, three pressures in his last four games, no sacks. And Armstead ain't there for sacks. Armstead's there to try to fix. You know, he's right. back to try to fix their leaky-ass run defense. Like, I think Green – I mean, like, Green Bay pushed him around in the trenches, and Detroit's offensive line, I mean, Baldi will tell you, those guys will maul you. And if Ragnow plays, you know, like, I know they're down in guard, but if Ragnow plays and the tackles play – I, I see some areas that the Lions can exploit. Like, and Brock Purdy in his career, close and late, and I know they they cobbled together a drive there. He threw a ball 10 feet in the air. Somebody jumped up and caught it. Like, I know people are saying, Joe Montana, get the F out of here. Shut the <laughs> F up. Stop. You're pulling your own pants down. Like, stop. Stop. Here's, here's, the, here's the thing I know. Uh, and we're talking about, obviously, the 49ers, guys. They will get the Lions at home, NFC Championship game. Uh, 49ers, they beat the Packers, but barely. And this should have this should have looked differently. Here's what I know also, Jason. Golf can make all the throws. I'm not sure with the way that Brock Purdy's playing, if he can make any of the throws that will be needed in this kind of game. To your point about throwing – Yes, throwing it 10 feet high to your point and, and, and somebody going up and snagging it because they got a 45-inch vertical. That's different than dots. That's different than ball placement and dots. And Jared Goff is capable, and I've seen it, you've seen it. He can make those throws. I don't know how this plays out, but I'm leaning Lions. Call me crazy right now, but I'm just – that's the way I feel. And – if Kyle Shanahan can somehow, you know, get these guys, maybe you said it, they wake up and they snap out of it. And all the things we're talking about, pressures go up, you know, plays are made, quarterbacks way better than he was uh, last Sunday. All right, th then you feel good that the 49ers are going to get back to a Super Bowl. But I got to say this. If they don't, you start to look at this and you go, all right, so you're winning 12, 13 games a year. You're getting to the NFC Championship game three out of the last four years. You've been to a Super Bowl and lost one. And then you lose at home again, potentially on Sunday, in another NFC Championship game. You kind of start going, what the, what the hell's going on, right? So this is, you said it, all the pressures on the 49ers. It's, this is the biggest spot. I think the Ravens being at home, okay, and they beat the Texans. We're going to talk about that in a second. But you're playing Patrick Mahomes, okay? It, that's different. The oh, 49ers yeah. are getting the Lions, which has been a Cinderella story, and you've been the best team in the NFC all year long. All the pressure's on these guys to get it done. And if they don't, I just feel like you got to look at this thing and go, okay, that's four or three NFC championship games in four years, and, and you still haven't gotten to the ultimate goal. So exactly. let's switch gears, Jason, and talk about the Ravens game. Because Lamar was special. Yep. Two, two rushing touchdowns, two passing touchdowns. I have to tell you, you're there. You, you know. I just think it was he controlled the game in a way that a lot of quarterbacks are unable yep. to do. And we talk about, like, I use the basketball reference, right? Magic Johnson could control the game, right? He could just in any point, there was a 10-minute span. He could just control the game, get his team back in the lead, and they win. All the greats in basketball can do that because the ball's in their hand all the time. But a lot of quarterbacks aren't able to do what we saw Lamar do against the Texans. Uh, I think he's going to win another MVP. We've talked about it, Jason. Yep. But talk about the Ravens and this performance because they win it at halftime, and then it looked like a different team after the second half. Yeah, and look, it was another historic game for Lamar Jackson. It's the first time in NFL history someone's run for two touchdowns, passed for two touchdowns, run for 100 yards as a quarterback, and had a QB rating over 100 in the same game. Um, it, it it didn't play out the way I thought it would. They only attempted one pass all day that traveled 20 yards or more in the air. That was 21 to Rashad Bateman. Um, they only had three passes over 15 yards, one for 15, one for 19, one for 21. That's it in terms of any sort of downfield completions. They only attempted one pass play action under center, which I thought they would have attempted more than that yeah. on the opening drive. Um, they had some adjustments to make. D'Amico Ryan's blitzed in a way he never had before. And th they know by now that, like, that's what people try to do to Lamar. So whatever their regular blitz rate is against everybody else, they ratchet it up. But, like, 
The Texans blitzed on 72% of the dropbacks in the first half and 82% in the second half. Like, all they did is blitz. And it was clear that Lamar Jackson went in at the half. And, like, one thing about them, when they struggled in the past in big games offensively, there's usually something going on on the sidelines. Like, Mark Andrews is throwing a helmet. You know, Lamar's kind of off to himself. You know what I mean? With the tablet away from everybody. Like, yeah, somebody's <laughs> yelling at the coordinator. Like, I'm not saying any of that stuff is necessarily bad, but like, there has been a because look, if this offense, people are talking about the Ravens' lack of offense around here for, you know, even when they were winning Super Bowls with Ray Lewis and Trent Dilfer's the quarterback, it's like, what about the offense? So, like, you've seen it get tight, right? And it get a little like frustration boil over, even in the regular season, let alone the playoffs. And as bad as that first half was offensively, and it was bad, was they everybody stayed calm. Lamar took the reins at the half, and Lamar figured out, like, I can't hold the ball 3.9 seconds. He held the ball 3.92 seconds in the first half. It came out under 2.5 in the second half. I'm going to find my hot, and I'm going to throw it to my hot, and that's going to be it. He went from trying eight yards on average pass in the first half to five in the second half. Like, I'm just going to embrace that. And then when they get lined up in man, and I see big swaths of green grass, I'm going to run. And by the time they turn around and find me, it's a first down. Uh, and just individual brilliance. I mean, you know, it's his call, the fourth and one bootleg. You know what I mean? He decides what he wants to do with the ball in his hands. Do I want to throw it? Do I want to pitch it? Do I want to keep it? I mean, that put the game away, the fourth and one from midfield. And they just played keep away in the second half. They held the ball for over 20 yards in the second half. They ran over 20 times for over 130 yards in the second half. Um it was, it was, you know, it was bully ball. It was going to be a big ask for Stroud and those guys. First road playoff game in a raucous environment on a day that's 12 degrees. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was going to be tough. Ravens defense, phenomenal. They didn't get in the red zone. They only scored three points, right? The other was a return. So it was special teams. Um, defense, utterly phenomenal. Nico Collins made two plays, you know, in a two-minute joke at the end of the first half. That was it. They absolutely took away the run game, and stopping the run has been a problem for them. But, yeah, this was about Lamar. I mean, there was no other offensive star, right? Like, Justice Hill had a really nice game. He, had, he ran for 60 yards. You know what I mean? Like, Isaiah likely caught a touchdown pass. He only caught a couple balls in the whole game. Odell Beckham didn't show up on the box score, you know? Zay Flowers, nothing special. Like, it was Lamar and the defense. Um, so... Yeah, he didn't turn the ball over. He produced four touchdowns. Uh, he's he's master class. And and now this is a game for the ages. Like it is. It, it's it's going to be someone who will go down as arguably the most talented and I think greatest quarterback in NFL history, Patrick Mahomes, against arguably the most dynamic quarterback in NFL history. That's a great way to put it. And, and I can't wait. And I know you can't. And Baldy's going to join us later in the week to help us break down the games up front, offensive, defensive line, secondary, all the things that are going to matter on Sunday. But before we get out of here, I want to ask your opinion of the hiring of Brian, Brian Callahan to the Titans. Another job is field. Um, so now that's three, right? We got Gerard Mayo, obviously, with the Patriots. Um, we saw the, the Raiders do the Raiders. Yeah, right. the two were internal. Yeah, and 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 then now Brian Callahan goes to the Titans. Okay, they needed a guy to work with Will Levis. Yep, I, I get it. Uh, any reservations here about Callahan? No, I mean, look, I, I think you know you had a, a a sort of cluster, a bucket of these young guys, um, Bobby Slowick, you know, Callahan, Ben Johnson. Um, who were going to kind of make the rounds, uh, who've done good things with young quarterbacks. I mean, with golf, not so much young, I guess. Ben Johnson. But, um, you know, play callers, all that stuff. His dad, obviously, is one of the, the best offensive line coaches in the history of this game. And his dad, is, you know, has, has been an interim head coach and, you know, was also the coach of, of the Raiders. Um He's been interviewing for a few years now. And like the Texans, I mean, the Titans were going to hire from that bucket. It was going to be a young, offensive-minded, first-time head coach. Yeah. Like that's where they were. I mean, yeah. 
they're going to interview a lot of people, but that's where this was going because they wanted to work with Levis. And, you know, they're not, we're not sure if Rabel's getting another job and you know, are we going to be paying this guy to go away or the offset's going to kick in. I think young first time also means cheap. So certainly cheap relative to the Belichicks and the, the Harbaugh's of the world. And so, like, do you want to wait for Ben Johnson? I mean, you can, but, like, I think Ben Johnson's going to the commanders. Most of the industry has felt that Ben Johnson is going to the commanders for a while, you know? And, like, if I'm Slowick, you know, and I just had this playoff run and I'm pretty hot, you know, I don't know that I'm taking this job. You know, I I might kind of do what Ben Johnson did last year and look, Stroud, I'm going to be back in it next year, right? right? That yep. some of these other dudes will take some of these jobs I don't love as much. And, you know, I don't, I don't, he's only done it for one year. Like, he doesn't need to jump. Whereas Callahan, this is, he's been through this rodeo a little bit. Um, I, 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 I like him. I think he's very bright. I think he's very smart. Um, everybody wants to hire, you know, within that McVeigh Shanahan family tree, and he's an extension of it. Um, so, no, it's, it's not surprising. It was going to be young play caller, quarterback guy, first time head coach. Like that's that's where they were going. And they 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 got their guy and you know we shall see. You know, we'll see how how all this shapes out. Yeah. You know? The big thing with Tennessee right now is they want the new stadium. They that's what their goal, right? They're, they're yep. that's the focus of ownership. Yeah, they're looking to get the new stadium. And I'm not telling you they don't want to win, but that was more important than hiring a, a quarter uh, or a, a head coach that you might have had to pay $15 million to. No, they weren't. That wasn't, that's you know? not where we're going. So that's, that's not where we're going. It's uh, it's one more job field. We've got a bunch still to be filled. We're all over it, guys. We'll be talking about it with you here on in the huddle, subscribe, like us and don't miss an episode. We're back later this week to talk about the AFC and NFC championship games. Make sure you're here. We'll give you all the information you need. We'll even go against the spread and tell you what those numbers look like as well. Jason, great job. Everybody have a great day, and let's look forward to what's coming up this weekend. We'll be back on In the Huddle. We'll see you soon. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 